in part three of our NBA trade deadline special, we sure don't have any insider information, so we'll let Woj drop his bombs and break the news while we look back in history. This one's worth it for me and Stewie bickering at the end alone, but there's some Carmelo Anthony thoughts, there's some championship results. Let's go. It's midnight exactly. I guess that means on Thursday, the 8th of February, 2024. Another really quick one at the top here from me, just to add a bit of context. First of all, I need to I need to make an admission. I've been a very naughty boy. And uh, no, not, not that naughty, a bit less naughty. Yeah, that's more like it. Unfortunately, I did say the last one was to 2008. We actually went to 2009 in the end because we wanted to kick this one off with a juicy one. I couldn't be asked re-recording the intro. Look, have been a little bit more loose with these ones. We could have definitely polished them a bit better, but we wanted to get them out prior to the trade deadline this year. So they do like a little bit of polish, but it's still worth listening. There's still some historical facts there, and we've done the research on who the draft picks became, where we could, and that sort of thing as well. It's also interesting, I have left some stuff in where, again, disclaimer, we recorded this last year, around this time last year, funnily enough. So... A lot's happened since then. Obviously, Denver's won the championship. Tyrese Halliburton's looking amazing. Andrew Wiggins apparently now is shit again, and D'Angelo Russell is good again. So it, it's it's really interesting. So I intentionally left some of that stuff in. You can laugh about how wrong we've been, and I guess we've been right about some stuff too, maybe a little. So yeah, there's, there's that kind of context there. So uh, apologies if it does go a little bit too much into how last season was unfolding, but I did want to leave it in just because it was interesting and, and just for the flow. Now we talked about the Gasol brothers being the only ones that had ever been traded for each other in the NBA. Funnily enough, last year in March, two brothers were traded for each other in the NHL. So Nick Ritchie went from the Arizona Coyotes to the Calgary Flames for his brother, Brett Ritchie. Now, I don't know anything about them. We don't know much about hockey. I just thought I'd chuck that in there as a bit of trivia too. All right, let's jump in. No more bollocks from me. Here we go. Part three, our final part. Well, should we, we reach part three of our trade deadline specials. And boy, do we start with a bang on this one. Chloe. Oui. 2011, the Los Angeles Clippers traded Baron Davis and a 2011 first round draft pick unprotected key detail to the Cleveland Cavaliers for Mo Williams and Jamario Moon. It's a key message here, people always use protection. <laughs> always use protection. I thought you were going to say, don't stare at the moon, but no, that's the sun. You're not. That's the, yes. Yeah. That is the sun. I like Jamario Moon. You know, another player that didn't live up to his potential. Yeah. Just had stupid ups. And yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of athleticism. Yeah. Not much yep. else. No. The, the crazy thing about this trade was it was actually entirely seen as a salary dump by the Clippers. So Davis was owed $13 million for the rest of the season and 28 over the following two years. Yep, injuries he, caught up with him. But his time in the Clippers wasn't great. His scoring had kind of dried up. He shot 37% from the field his first year in LA, so not a great start. And they thought the best thing to do was get rid of him, throw in this unprotected first-round pick as a necessity to kind of get the deal done. And as you mentioned, first rounder ended up being Kyrie Irving, who ultimately helped bring a title to Cleveland after so many years and and was part of one of the biggest trios of our generation. But this, I mean, this has to be one of the worst trades of all time. Well, in hindsight, yeah. Even at the time. You can't, when you're a team that may compete for the first pick because you're so shit, you've got to protect it. And apparently 
at the time. Now, I can't remember if it was the owner or the GM. I can't remember who it was. Was Elgin Baylor still around at that point? At the Clippers? Anyway, apparently he said, oh, there's only a couple of players that are worth drafting in the next draft. Anyway, well, okay, at least protect it to the top three. Then they could have had Kyrie. They would have had their Baron Davis replacement right there. I still think the Will Chamberlain one's worse than that. Well, yeah, sorry. Yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Right. hell I forget. But yeah. you're, you're right. I mean, that was way back in part one, Stuart. I mean, Curry might be a fucking Fruit Loop, but he's a bloody good player. Oh, so. yeah. And well, he's had a very good career. Yeah. Now, Mo Williams played 74 games for the Clippers, ultimately fell behind Chris Paul and Chauncey Billups in the depth chart, got traded to Utah in a deal that ultimately sent Lamar Odom back to the Clippers. So they pretty much turned Baron Davis and Kyrie Irving into a fat Lamar Odom. Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, not good. Mo Williams had some decent years in Cleveland, in fairness. Yeah, yeah, he was he was not bad. He was not bad. But uh yeah. Gee whiz. Now another big one from this one, Stewie. 2011 was a big if we were to rank them, 2011 would be right up there. Be up there, yeah. The Carmelo Anthony trade, Stewie. So the New York Knickerbockers received Carmelo Anthony, Chauncey Billups, Sheldon Williams, Ronaldo Borkman, Anthony Carter, Corey Brewer. And a second round draft pick, half a fucking team. The Minnesota Timberwolves got $3 million in return, along with Eddie Curry, Bust, and Anthony Randolph. The Denver Nuggets, for giving away Anthony, received Wilson Chandler, Raymond Felton, Timofey Mozgov, Danilo Gallinari, a 2014 first round draft pick who never played for them. That's an interesting one. We'll talk about that. And two future seconds from New York. There's probably no point in even talking about Minnesota in this one. They They're facilitating. Just yeah. down to make some cash. They're facilitating here. Yep. The best way I saw this trade described is one where both teams won, but they also ultimately lost. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Tale of harrow and sorrow. And oh, okay. All sorts of. Yeah. Go on, o's, please. O's. Yes. Carmelo. <laughs> there you go. It would be a good a good breakfast cereal. Harrow and sorrow. Carmelos. Oh. The huge part of this trade, obviously, is mellow to New York. Denver were in a moderate rebuild stage, and it was a really weird one because they'd made the conference finals two years before that. They had a little bit of a letdown in 2010, but there was talk of letting a number of guys walk, like Chauncey Billups and Kenyon Martin. And this was after getting rid of Dante Jones after 2009, who mellow was pissed about them getting rid of. Right. He was that real glue guy in their defense. Amazing player in terms of defensively. Certainly as that, that sort of... I don't know how to put it. Like I always say, every team needs role players and chemistry is important. You do. So I know what you're saying. So Melo basically said he wanted out. I mean, he never wanted to leave Denver, but they kind of never really gave him a choice. Are you sure? Well, I remember at the time a lot of New York rumors, a lot. He claimed. And they went for that. Well, he can claim what he likes. I, I remember at the time there was a lot of talk about New York. He was even prepared to go to New Jersey too. Yeah. But he that, wanted out. I think that was after they kind of forced it by saying that we're going to get rid of Bill. Well, yeah, anyway. maybe. Whatever. Potato, I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll never know truly, will we? So. Yeah, potato Carmelo. Yeah. And this trade looked like an absolute landscape changer. You're sending probably the most pure scorer in the entire league at the time to join Pekamari Stoudemire. But I really think the mistake they made with this was letting Raymond Felton go as well. So Felton was better than Billups at the time. This team was never able to get it going. And aside from him being better, Felton was also younger than Billups as well. Oh, significantly. Yeah. And Felton had obviously had some really good tournament experience and mm. playing for the Tar Heels. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just I think that was a huge mistake. Mello obviously was insanely good, led the league in scoring, was an all-star every year he was there. 
but they won one playoff series in seven years. In fact, they've only won one series total since that trade. Well, there's that old Bill Simmons thing that the Seattle Supersonics have played in the playoffs more recently than the New York Knicks, or yep. won in the playoffs more one, recently. Yes, than... definitely. So not great. The Nuggets, on the other hand, they barely skipped a beat. They actually set a franchise record for wins in a season two years after this trade. And well, Danilo had a had a cheeky little good good little tenure there, didn't he? He was a great player. Yeah. Yeah, and Ray Felton. I was, I was always a fan of Ray Felton. Yeah. yeah, I like watching him control the ball, point guard. Funnily enough, though, it was Gallinari's ACL injury before the 2013 playoffs that kind of derailed the whole thing anyway, and so it was his fault. We blame him. He was good, but fucked the whole thing up. The, the crazy thing about this, though, is Carmelo fucked the whole thing up. Yes. He because he could have gone there in free agency. So he made a team gut. Like That's one, two, three, four, five, six. Six players. Nearly half a team. He made them gut their roster. I mean, it was kind of doomed from the beginning. And then, of course, you had Amari. And look, they had a very what that first year together was very good. And and I forget how good Amari was at the Knicks for oh, a little so for good. a little while, a little while. So good. Though. But then it turned to shit. He had a very steep decline, a very steep. Yep. And even Carmelo. I mean, I think he'd probably like to still be playing if he could, mm. but he's not. No, I think he's probably done. I think he probably is too. Yeah. Have to go and play in Taiwan. Now, I've got a really cool little tidbit about this one. So if we fast forward a little bit, Gallinari and Wilson Chandler were really key parts of that team for a while. But that 2016 pick swap actually ended up being Jamal Murray. Wow. Yeah, okay. Okay. And I actually went back and looked to see the Jokic pick, but that was their own pick. That yes. wasn't one that came in trade. Yes. But I was interested to see if if that had been a bad trade kind of well, I mean, the balls yeah. ultimately fell into place for, him, for them getting him. So yeah, well, it's all... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Jamal Murray thing's huge. I yeah, mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, yeah, big time. Imagine if he was in New York. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, advantage Denver on that one, well and truly. Now, the interesting thing about this, the 2014 first rounder became Dario Saric, but he never actually played for the Nugs. He was drafted by Orlando, but they never signed him. And I guess his rights ran out and he signed and played with Philly. Yep. So, a weird one. Now he's with OKC. And he's a very handy player. Yes, very recently with OKC. 2012, more recognisable names. This is a huge trade. This is a big trade. The Golden State Warriors acquired Andrew Bogut and Stephen Jackson from the Milwaukee Bucks in exchange for Monte Ellis, Kwame Brown, there he is again, Ekpi Udo at the 2012 deadline. This, as I said, arguably one of the most crucial trades in recent history. And the reason for it is probably not what you think. The reason is this. The initial plan for this trade was actually not Monte Ellis. It was Steph Curry. Steph was meant to go to Milwaukee. Really? The Milwaukee doctors said, we don't want him because his ankles are fucked. Really? Yep. Which again, like, so everyone always talks about Steph going so low in that draft, but he was coming out of a mid-major. He he came out around where he was projected, really. Well, maybe he should have gone a few, well, he definitely should have, but he was never number one pick overall, for example. Mm-hmm. But yeah, wow, okay. And that's partly why he was projected lower too. And the mid-major in the ankle. He'd actually just suffered a season-ending ankle injury a few days earlier. He stepped on Blake Griffin's foot, or Blake Griffin kind of backed back into him, and he went down, and that was the season over. And so, yeah, these doctors stopped the trade because wow. they, they had concerns about his ankle. So instead of getting Monte Ellis, they could have had Steph. And Monte Ellis was a fan favourite. So I think a lot of Golden State Warriors fans were pretty pissed about this at the time. But uh, the rest is, well, the proof's in the pudding. What's even crazier about it is that if you think about it, like when did Giannis get drafted? 
couple of seasons couple later. Of seasons after. Yeah, I more butterfly effect stuff. Though. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, would, would Steph have changed their fortune? Who knows? It's yeah, who knows? It is nuts. A team of Curry and Ante de Pumpo, like that. Oh yeah, nuts. yeah, yeah. That is nuts. That is nuts. Yeah, well, basically, two best players of their generation. Yeah. Another interesting fact about this one, the Warriors were playing a game in Sacramento that night. They actually found out about the trade from a report on a TV in their locker room. Yeah. They didn't even get told by their coaches or by... There's so many know. of those stories, hey? Like You hear about players like, get off the bus. That's yeah. it. Yeah, Get off. Okay. Or stay on. Yeah, well... Yeah. But what I also found interesting, I actually read a Bleacher Report article on this trade at the time, which listed the Bucks as winners of this trade massively. And it was widely believed that Ellis's upside was way bigger than Bogan's. So at the time, everyone kind of thought, oh, Milwaukee's kind of, they've, they've done really well here. And obviously Bogut, former number one pick, and he had a good career with Milwaukee, but not the numbers and not the dominance that you'd hope for a number one pick. And but he, And he had a very good career, basically averaged 10 and 10 thereabouts. It was the elbow injury. Yeah. That massive injury. The duck. Yeah, where he, he yeah. basically, I think Scott Williams might have clipped him. Anyway, uh, yeah, basically was never the same guy after that. But a huge piece on the Golden State Warriors championships. Mm. Huge piece. Well, just let's look at Ellis for a second. Like for me, I always thought he was this massive defensive liability, far inferior shooter to Steph. Someone who just maintained their prime a far shorter time. Like he went basically AWOL not too long after that. And well, I get it. It's risky handing the keys to a guy like Steph who has those ankle issues. And then adding a guy in Bogut who was out for the season at that point with a fractured left hand. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah. It was of, risky. All of these issues. But their first season together, Steph takes over. He has that massive moment in the garden where he hits like 10 or 11 threes, might have even been 12, had like 54 points. Clay Thompson emerges from the shadows. He's now the starting two guard, and we all know what happened with him. David Lee became the first Warrior since Sprewell in 97 to make an all-star team. And the Warriors make the playoffs. And they push the Spurs all the way to the limit. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the point where people knew they were an up-and-coming team and one to be reckoned with soon enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you were probably very happy to get that win at the time. Oh, well, I mean, the Spurs had to have some tricky encounters with the young OKC team. There are a few kind of teams like that. The Grizz we've talked about a bit too. Yeah. Yep. And look, we know what happened next. The Warriors were basically a cheat code. They won 73 games and then cheated even more getting Kevin Durant. And they've won four championships. That one's on the league. It is on the league. The, the increasing salary cap to allow them to add a max player. Yeah. That, yeah. And yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Monte Ellis didn't really make a difference to the Bucks the same way as I don't think Steph would have for the first season anyway. They were average. He put up decent numbers, ultimately led to them getting Giannis. They become a powerhouse now. Advantage Golden State, but Milwaukee could bridge that. Yeah, well, it's funny how it turned out. Yeah, yeah. You know, give them a couple more years with Giannis. Who knows? And this is interesting. So we've talked about the fact that it's really hard to judge trades because obviously history's got to play out and players that we think are great don't turn out to be great and players that we think are bit players turn out to be better than what we thought, blah, 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 blah. This is 2012. This is 11 years ago. And we still don't know 100% who won this trade in some ways, not so much because of the players involved, but because, as you say, the doors that opened and, and what kind of flowed from there. Yeah, if we look at this trade as it stands with no other factors outside of it, obviously Golden State wins it yes. by miles. Yes, because Stephen Jackson was a very good player too. Yeah. Not that he did much for them in fairness. Certainly but, not yeah. Not that time around. Anyway. No, no, but, second stint. But yeah, certainly the Bucks were terrible and Golden State won championships. Hard yep. to argue with that. Indeed. 
2015, the Phoenix Suns traded Isaiah Thomas to Boston for Marcus Thornton and a 2016 first round pick that became Scal Labissiere. Scal's a tough one. I really liked him. I can't believe he didn't make it in that league. There was that period where a lot of French players coming through. Yeah. And this is one of those trades. There is possibly no better example of a guy who was a perfect fit for a team in a system than Isaiah Thomas. He got surrounded on that Boston team by guys that hid his deficiencies and amplified his strengths. And this is a guy who averaged 29 points and six assists a game in 2016-17, finished behind only Russell Westbrook, who averaged a triple-double that season, James Harden, who was not far off one himself, Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James in MVP voting. He was ahead of Steph, ahead of KD, ahead of Anthony Davis, ahead of Giannis. Like, ridiculous season. So at the time of the trade, the Celtics were 20 and 32. So they were rubbish. They finished the season 20 and 10, those last 30 games. They only just make the playoffs. They get swept by the Cavs. But then they win 48 games, 53, before what I think is still the most disgusting trade of all time. They send Thomas to Cleveland for Kyrie Irving. And this is after IT had absolutely given his soul to the Yeah, after his sister died. Yeah, yeah. His sister passes away. He drops 53 points on her birthday. One of the amazing playoff runs of all time, wasn't it? It's, it's like the Jeremy Lin thing. It was one of those flash in the pan kind of, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'll let you. No, but what people forget about that is obviously that game two was ridiculous. The highlights are insane. He had spent hours in surgery. I believe it was that day fixing a tooth that he lost in a game one incident. He copped an elbow and you could actually see his tooth fly out of his mouth. I know, and everyone was like, oh, what next? Like, what could possibly go wrong, you know? It's just one thing after another. And so they get through Washington plays his ass off for two games against the Cavs and ultimately gets a hip injury and has to sort of sit down and that's it. But Danny Ainge, look, he's a dick, but very, very good. This is the thing, isn't it? It Like, they're human beings, but the more ruthless GMs are often the ones that do better. Mm. So it's, yeah, it's tricky. And so you look at IT, in the space of four years, he plays for Cleveland, the Lakers, Denver, Washington, New Orleans, the Lakers again, Dallas and Charlotte. That's eight moves for anyone who was counting. Yeah, wow. Wow. So the guy's 34. He was an MVP candidate six years ago, and he's been practically irrelevant for four years. One of the weird careers. One of the really weird careers. Mm. And and as I said, yeah, Angel's a dick, but he put a good team together and then he became a Mormon and moved to Utah. (laughs) Where they don't allow music. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, where he's put too good a team together. (laughs) Well, I think they're falling just enough to miss, but well, yeah, well, they're not, yeah, they're not in that 14% range for the number one. That's true. They're not close to that. That's true. Yeah. The Suns, on the other hand, I mean, they royally stuffed this one up. Thornton played nine games for the Suns before ultimately leaving for Houston for nothing. Labissiere was traded to Sacramento with Bogdan Bogdanovich for Marquise Chris and Georges Papagiannis. Mm. So, gee whiz. Like Bogdan- another, Marquise Chris, another player that didn't live up to his potential, yeah. But Bogdan yeah. Bogdanovich was such a good player. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now, it worked out okay for them. Obviously, the Suns now are a powerhouse. But nothing about this trade was good. And like when you consider what Boston achieved from it, they win this one in a landslide. Yeah, big time. Couple of ones from 2019, Stewie. The Philadelphia 76ers traded former number one overall pick Markel Fultz to the Orlando Magic for Jonathan Simmons, a top 20 protected 2020 first rounder, and a 2019 second round draft pick. First thing I want to mention with this one, 
Do you remember how good Jonathan Simmons was? You should. He was. Of course I do. Yeah. He he was like Kawhi two When Kawhi went to the bench, Jonathan Simmons came on and did a lot of the things that Kawhi did. I, I was gutted when he left. I was a big fan, big fan of Jonathan Simmons. Funnily enough, recently on Twitter, he put his hand up and said, "Hey guys, I'm still out there. If you want to <laughs> sign me, I think he wanted the Lakers to sign him." It's that's a really weird career. How he just went from really interesting player to just out of the league. My first recollection of him, there was that game you guys played the Warriors opening night and blew them out in Golden State. And Steph had a breakaway layup in, I think it was the third quarter. And Simmons came out of nowhere and just pinned it to the glass right at the top of the square. And you're like, holy shit, this dude is... Oh, he was super athletic, yeah. And then at the end of the game, there's like 25, 30 seconds left. And he crossed someone over at the top and just threw one down over Draymond Green. Oh, yeah. He had ups. It he had ups. Yeah. Very, very good. Oh, it's sad that he didn't kind of do more. I'm remembering Draymond Green being there. I don't know if he was actually. But... Oh, look, I can't remember the plays in question, to yeah. be honest. But but I remember being a massive fan and, and really liking yeah. his game. Yeah. So he went from a 14 points a game guy with Orlando to being out of the league at the end of the following season. It, it just defies belief. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's weird. Now, the really interesting part about this as well is that top 20 protected pick probably seemed like a throw-in in that trade, but it actually ended up being Tyrese Maxey, who is nearly a 20 points a game scorer right now for Philly. Well, this is the thing. They think, oh, if we protect it to 20, they can't get that good a player at mm. 21. <laughs> but we're seeing it more and more now. These guys that were way down the draft boards are, are doing well. Well, it's a crapshoot, isn't it? It is. For every, I don't know, LeBron James, there's a dozen Kwame Browns, aren't there? Well, there's some. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> that's a Greg Odin or two. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The cool thing about this one, I think, is the story of Fultz, though. I mean, he, coming out of college, everyone expected him to be this amazing player. And then he just got the yips out of nowhere. Yeah, he had shooting problems, yeah. He had that really nasty hitch in his free throw. And people would just, he basically was Ben Simmons before Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Where he just, yeah, just turned into this guy that was a liability to be on the floor with. And it's just so funny that he was involved in that Philadelphia process because hmm. he was one of the early picks in the process. They could have had Jason Tatum as well. They could have. Eesh. Yeah. Not great. Not great. But again, he was consensus number one. Hmm. So it happens. Hindsight sucks. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Fulks now has a home in Orlando. He's averaging about 13 and six a game at the moment. Pressure not as high in Orlando because their team sucks, but it's cool that... Well, they're up and coming. They're exciting. The bus label kind of seems to have been removed, which is nice. There's almost degrees of bust, aren't there? Yes. So, yeah. It, it's really interesting. Where... Sorry, I'm meeting my mind. Like, well, yeah, I know, yeah. Some people some yeah. more busty yeah, than You're thinking others. of SL, UT again, yes, aren't you? Yeah. some are busty. Uh, but can you turn the bust around, so to speak? When you're changing your bra. <laughs> turn the bust around. <laughs> oh, we're clearly up to SL. part three. <laughs> We've clearly been recording for three hours. Yes, we have. All right. The other one. The Grizzlies traded Mark Gasol to the Raptors. He appears again. For CJ Miles, Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, and a 2024 second round draft pick. I dare say this might be a trade where both teams won. Yeah. Well, I mean, different sort of levels in terms of, obviously, we know that now the Raptors were very much in that short term. That Very had, small window, yeah. yeah they had obviously taken that flyer on Kawhi Leonard staying for one season, which he did. And they did the same with Gasol. He hung around a little bit longer. But uh, certainly, yeah, the Grizzlies got some decent stuff out of Valanciunas. They kind of turned him more into Stephen Adams. Yes. 
But yeah, this kind of it did it summed up the 1819 Raptors perfectly. High risk, high reward. They take that huge risk on both of them. And the ceiling was a championship. Could have gone absolutely pear-shaped. No, but you know, important in defending guys like Joel Embiid and a very important pace for that team. Yeah. Great passer, Gasol, slightly better defender than Valanciunas. Miles had been pretty much getting no minutes anyway because of Leonard, Ananobi, and Siakam. Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell took DeLon Wright's minutes. So it was mainly a Gasol for Valanciunas trade, let's face it. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, Gasol's six years older than Valanciunas as well. So it. And that's why I was kind of saying it was kind of even. But as you say, Valanciunas only lasted in Memphis for a few years before he was traded to New Orleans. And look, the thing with Gasol, he played really great defense in the playoffs all the way out to the finals. It wasn't spectacular, certainly not offensively anyway, but he clogged up the lanes and won a championship. They didn't need him to be spectacular. They needed him to play a role and he did it to a plum. Yep, he did. Advantage to the six on that one. Now, speaking of trades that impact on championships... In 2020, the Minnesota Timberwolves traded Andrew Wiggins and what many thought was a bloated contract, a 2021 protected first-round pick and a 2021 second-rounder to the Warriors for D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans and Amari Spellman. Now, has ever there been a more, well, apt name for the Orlando Magic? You've got to get Amari <laughs> Spellman in Orlando. You've got to get him there. <laughs> We're going to get Walt the Wizard Williams. Yeah, exactly. Well. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Getting a bit past it. Washington. Oh, they were the Wizards, actually. Walt Williams should have played for them. Anyway. This is another one. Isn't it amazing how a change of scene makes such a big difference? For so many years, like, I had no time for Andrew Wiggins. I was very much one of these people that felt he was overrated. And that, was, that was the consensus. Yeah. yeah. Putting up hollow numbers on a shitty Minnesota team. Basically what Carl Anthony Towns has done his entire career. <laughs> and when this trade was made, I just thought, oh, it's not going to make a huge difference. It just kind of felt like they were essentially getting a taller version of D'Angelo Russell back. Well, I was never a big fan of D'Angelo Russell. So I did think that they'd won this trade, but I didn't think it would yield the results that it did. I didn't think he'd be getting like 17 rebounds in NBA finals <laughs> games, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And this is it. Wiggins kind of reinvented himself. He became a more efficient shooter. He was enjoying himself because they were winning. And I think it also goes back to what you said about Markel Fultz. There was less pressure on him to perform because he was fourth or fifth guy in the pecking order. So he didn't need to be the superstar that he needed to be in Minnesota. And ironically, he ended up being the second best player in the finals. Well, that's because there was less less pressure on him. Yeah. Now, what's interesting about this as well is that the 2021 unprotected first rounder they got ended up being Jonathan Kaminga. And yes. So he's a guy, I mean, we don't know even close to what his ceiling is. He's not even 20 yet. In some ways, the, the Warriors kind of unintentionally have fleeced teams a couple of times over the last yep. few years. Yeah. They have. Actually, I should probably correct myself. I think Kaminga is 20 now. But anyway, he could be he could be anything. He could be nothing. Well, he's starting to show signs. And they're using him defensively. They're using him in different ways. So, And obviously, they've had some injury problems. So it's given them an opportunity to play him more. Now, the flip side for the Timberwolves, Amari Spellman didn't play a single second of action. Jacob Evans played four minutes, went 0 for 1 from 3 and recorded no other stats at all. Russell was a bad fit right from the start, as he has been most of his career. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan. Well, I think he'll be better with the Lakers, but Yeah. yeah, it's certainly not amazing here. And even on a team with Russell, Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, they still only saw one playoff series in three years. Admittedly, Edwards was only there for two of them, but they just never looked threatening. And now Russell's been turned into Mike Conley, who's 35 and been on the decline for the last three years. So 
another one that the Warriors win by an absolute country mile. Yes. Addition by subtraction, maybe that Conley deal. But yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think the Timberwolves are going to continue to be shit. I dare say Carl Anthony Towns might be in a bit of trouble there. I think he might be one they look to move. 2021, the Spellman-less Orlando Magic traded Gary Clark and Aaron Gordon to the Denver Nuggets for RJ Hampton, Gary Harris, and a 2025 first rounder. I mean, this is obviously nowhere near as massive a trade as so many others on the list, but it's key for the simple reason Aaron Gordon might still prove to be that piece that was missing for the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I know you're a big fan, obviously, of Nikola Jokic. And... Love Nikola Jokic. Love. So much love. Kev- so much love. Kevin Love. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Every time he has a triple-double, they win. Yeah, that's the key. They're like 22-0 and 0 or something this season. 25 and all. Is it that much? It's gone up, people. I think they've won, his last, they've won their last 25 games where he's had it. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It might even be more. Yeah. Although... It's a lot, anyway. It might have actually got broken. Anyway, Yeah, well, happen. by the time we air this episode, who knows what's happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. But look, put simply, Gordon had been sick of being on losing teams in Orlando, wanted to be part of a winning organisation, requests a trade. Fair enough. It's what people do nowadays. The trade was made pretty much, I think, as a result of the Lakers in the bubble conference finals. They had a bunch of decent power forwards, but they needed that bigger body to compete with a team like what that Lakers team was. And it kind of was ridiculous and almost borderline laughable how little they had to give away to get him. Well, I think Gary Harris, I think there was a bit of duplication at kind of swingman as well. So they needed a bigger guy. It it was a good deal for them. But yeah, I, I guess that's Orlando giving up on him. I can kind of understand they probably didn't want to pay him max money, which is what he would have probably chased in Orlando so I can kind of understand that's probably why the 2025 first rounder well you can't imagine that'll be a very high pick you can you can think that Denver will be pretty close to the top of the standings like they are this season unless there's injuries that's unless there's injuries that's right yeah but uh, but you're right like Jamal Murray Will Barton Gary Harris and PJ Dozier at the time they had that real log jam of guys at the shooting guard so Harris was a guy that was expendable he'd missed a lot of games with injury he dropped from a 42% three-point shooter down to about 33. He just looked like that odd man out, and fair enough. Do you know what's interesting, Stewie? We were doing the podcast by this point, so it's going to be really interesting to go back and listen to what we said when this trade was made. Mm, true. So I will do that. Good point. Yeah. The good thing about Gordon as well is that he okay, it took a couple of years to kind of get his groove in the offense. He kind of drifted out of games quite a bit, but... He's having that career year now. He's shooting nearly 59%, nearly 40 on threes as well, which is good. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say Denver absolutely fleeced Orlando on this one, aside from the fact that it meant that they could drive Paolo Banchero. You, you kind of wonder if maybe RJ Hampton, they thought he'd be a better player too, but he, he never really, yeah. Obviously, we know Not all yet. about him here in the NBL. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been amazing yet. No. You never know. Well, there's still time. There is still time. 2022, the Brooklyn Nets traded James Harden and Paul Millsap to the Philadelphia 76ers for Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Ben Simmons, a 2022 first rounder and a 2027 first round pick. Now, the Nets actually deferred that pick to this year. The question is, was that a bad idea? Because it was the 23rd pick last year, but in the next draft, oh, and by the way, the 76ers took David Roddy from Colorado State kind of averaging like six and two or something, traded to Memphis. But Philly only needs to go 12 and 10 to finish with the same record as last year. So by deferring that pick, it's probably going to be lower. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? 
the one thing I thought about when I was popping this one down, like, do you remember when we thought that Brooklyn might have actually won this trade? <laughs> well, my dislike for James Harden is well known. So, but he's played very well there, and he's having a very good season. And Philly are rightfully one of the top five or six contenders. I just I remember when it went through, going, "Oh my God, wow!" Ben Simmons might completely open everything up. That was the hope, wasn't it? That he would turn it around and he just needed a change of scenery. And sometimes a change of scenery is enough, isn't it? We talked about Tim Hardaway in part one, for example. Yep. But yeah, no. Sometimes you're the problem, though. Ben Simmons is now out of the rotation. Yep. Jack Vaughn's not even playing him. Mm. So sad. He'll be in China pretty soon. Well, n- now they're talking about whether or not he'd even be a walk-up to the Boomers. And no. I don't think he is. He's not. No. I mean, not. to think... He has gone from being possibly the next LeBron to being out of the league in three or four seasons to not even making our national team. I mean, it's just, wow. What a fall from grace. Kardashian curse at its worst. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he's not even with Maya Jama anymore either. Yeah. So, yeah, as you mentioned, Harden's having an all-star caliber season right now. Philly's only three games back from Boston, or it was when I wrote this down three days ago or two days ago. Yes, we don't know when we'll air this, but yeah. But yeah, Andre Drummond's now with the Bulls, left for nothing. Ben Simmons is absolute trash. Oh, Drummond is past it. Yeah, but he's not even on the team. No, no, yeah, true. Yeah, 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 true. And Seth Curry's been decent, but all of his numbers are down as well. And Brooklyn are about to go full free fall. I think they were down 40-odd points yesterday. Yeah, I saw that actually. Ridiculous. I did see that. But hey, they got a lot of Phoenix picks coming to them. Chris Paul's, what, 37, 38? KD's 34. By the time those Phoenix picks come through, they could be quite juicy. Could be. Could be. Yeah, anyway. But with this one, I mean, we look, at the moment, Philly are well ahead on points. We don't know the full extent of this trade till we see what those two first-round picks end up being. That's right. But oof, it's hard to see them being amazing. Well, one of them won't be that good. It'll be at the bottom of the first round. The other one, probably the same. It's well, not 2027 isn't that far away. It is top eight protected, though. Right. So, yeah. I mean, they're saying that Harden might go back to Houston too. That that buzz is growing more and more. So, yeah, again, Houston will be like, thanks, but no thanks. But, hey, you never know. Never you know. never know. couple more left, Shuri. 2022 as well. Sacramento traded Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson to Indiana for Domantas Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday. Again, one of those ones that probably suited both teams almost to a T. This is really difficult to grade right now. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, it seemed like both teams won. I mean, getting rid of someone in Halliburton who actually wanted to be in Sacramento at the yeah, time, yep. it seemed a little curious. But the proof's in the pudding. And I guess if you want to look at the trade right now, Sacramento would be winning. Seemingly out of nowhere, they're third in the Western Conference and a, an incredibly strong Western Conference, I have to say. Yeah, and hey, if DeMantis didn't have a bloody injured hand, I mean, the numbers he's putting up with a dud hand, mm. crikey. Insane. Yeah. Meanwhile, Indiana, 12th in the East. So I have to ask this. So Sabonis is an all-star. He's averaging 19, 12, and 7. How bad a take is it right now to say he's got a shot at being better than his dad? Uh, I don't think that's that bad a take. I'm not saying it will happen, but... Well, he's got time on his side, and he's already going really well. I mean, his dad was a magnificent player. I guess it depends how you define... And it's, it's impossible to know because his dad didn't play. Well, that's right. In the it, it depends how you define success. Well, like he didn't play in his NBA in the NBA during his not peak. his peak. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah. it's hard to know. But yeah, the cool thing: Halliburton's an All Star as well, twenty and ten a game. Heald's averaging seventeen and a half, forty two percent from three. It's not like Indiana got nothing in the trade. 
I think it's just as simple as Sabonis has help. Darren Fox is an all-star. Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, and Malik Mug are all playing really well. It just seems like Sacto fans finally have proper, really good team to cheer for again, and Indiana's not as good. So I think that's probably why Sacramento wins the trade. Yeah, but there's still time. Yeah. Now this one, like... I, I don't know if, if we need to talk about it in great detail. Oh, yeah, gonna... because the Spurs got fucked in this one. No, I don't think we did. I, I think it was a fair trade. I mean, no, okay. Derek White, he, he was on a team that was runner-up. Come on, Nate, pull the Band-Aid off. Let's talk about it. The Spurs it. traded Derek White to the Boston Celtics for Romeo Langford, Josh Richardson, a conditional 2022 first-rounder, and a 2028 first-round pick swap. State your case. How did you not lose this trade? Well, the Spurs are wanting to tank. Derek White, we, you get a first-round pick out of Derek White. You take that. And then we also got Romeo Langford, who's looked okay, and Josh Richardson, who we turn into picks as well. So, no, I think I think the Spurs, I think this is a good trade for both teams. All right. The 2022 first-round pick was Blake Wesley. Yeah, who's, who's looked decent at point guard. Has he looked better than Derek White? Yeah, but again, Derek White's not on our timeline. We don't. We want to be shit. We want to be shit, Stewie. I, I think this is a good. I look. I like the trade at the time, and I still like it now. All right, Josh Richardson. You got Devontae Graham and a bunch of second rounders for. Yep. So that's nothing. You got nothing for Josh Richardson. Yeah, but we turned Derek White into a first rounder, a first round pick swap, and four second rounders. You don't think that's a good yield? I mean, I buddy think- yield. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, good, good. I like that. Um, that's good. That, that cut, the yeah. cut the tension nicely. No, look, my 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 simple reasoning is this: four second round picks. Ultimately, the only thing you can use them for is trade bait. I don't think you're going to get any good players. Well, draft a stash. It's unlikely you'll get good second. It's round unlikely, players. but draft. We've been a very good draft and stash team. The Spurs are probably one of the only teams I would have any faith in doing something with second round picks. Anyway, I don't think Romeo Langford. Like, okay, yes, he's playing well, but again, he's playing well on a team that's 14. And oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is he like, you look at him when he was with the Celtics, he was nothing. He was just trash, basically. So I don't know. I, you're probably right. I don't know if you could have got much more for Derek White. Exactly. I mean, we're not talking about an all star here, we're talking about a role player. And he's a very good role player. And he, he had his ups and downs with Boston. I think he's going better this season than he did last season. Now, Shui, there's still some more that we didn't even discuss. There's a couple of big ones, actually. Or yeah. decent ones. Yeah, Ron Artest going to Chicago. Oh, sorry. Yeah, look, Ron Artest going from Chicago to Indiana for Jalen Rose was fairly big, certainly in terms of what he did in Indiana. Big for Indy, yeah, until Malice at the Palace, yeah. Mm-hmm. Antoine Walker being traded from Atlanta back to Boston for Gary Payton. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that was... That as, one's not as big because they were past it. They were both past it. Kendrick Perkins to OKC for Jeff Green was an interesting one. Yeah, it was an interesting one. I mean, Jeff Green, I, I always talk about how he'll find a game or two in the playoffs where he kicks ass. Yeah, but I just think Kendrick Perkins and what he meant to that Boston back line, okay, yes, he did some stupid shit, just like he says a lot of stupid shit, <laughs> but he was big in that championship series. Yeah, oh, look, he had a good career. Yeah, for both teams. And then DeMarcus Cousins to the Pelicans for Buddy Heald going back to Sacramento. Yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting one because you thought that the Pelicans won that one for sure, but now, no. Well, how long did he last? Yeah, well, that's right. It's it's quite remarkable. I mean, 
he was a beast. He dominated for Sacramento. And then it's all off-court stuff. Yep. It's all because on court, he was magnificent. Yeah, scary good. Yeah. Come play for the Wildcats. It's a good call. Jonathan Simmons, too. Look, if they'll rebound the ball. Yeah, and play D. All for it. So there you have it. A brief history of the NBA trade deadline as told from the perspective of two Aussie clowns who have followed the league since the early 90s. This is, of course, except for our discussion about last year's deadline, which I was going to stick in at the end here. But then I realized that we banged on about for, God, 40, 45 minutes in the aftermath of that one. So instead of doubling the length of this episode, if you are interested in hearing our initial thoughts, and again, seeing how wrong we were already, go back and check out episode 141, Specific Division. What movement will we actually see at the deadline? Well, I know that LeBron has been tweeting hourglasses and draping New York Knicks towels over his shoulders in post-game interviews. But there's nothing to say here. That was just because it was time to pay homage to the 1970 and 1972 NBA Finals, which was, of course, held between the New York Knicks and Los Angeles Lakers. They won one each. And what better way to do it than to drape Knicks apparel over the top of your Lakers jersey? In all seriousness, though, we'll know soon enough, of course, but Woj, in one of his recent podcasts, said to look out for movement of players in that kind of 7th to 12th spot on the roster as well as second rounders. So probably not a lot of big, big names. But given that Bradley Beal, Marcus Smart, Chris Stapps Porzingis, Jordan Paul, Obi Toppin, Grant Williams, Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, James Harden, OG Ananobi, RJ Barrett, Pascal Siakam, and Stephen Adams have been traded between draft night and now, and yes, that was in order, but not an exhaustive list, you could be forgiven for thinking enough big names have already been moved this offseason and this season so far. Chris Paul's been dealt twice too for Christ's sake. One more thing you can be sure of, though, is that whatever trades do occur, we'll have opinions, so check back in. Incidentally, I should also mention, I heard on that podcast, Bobby Marks pointed out that 11 of the 30 teams, so one-third of the league, own 75% of the draft picks over the next seven years, which is pretty bloody crazy. Apologies again for having those ones tacked on at the end. I, th- I don't think they were super important apart from the Ron Artest one. We have talked about Malice in the Palace before. I actually watched it live uh, and we've talked about that on a previous episode. So anyway, I wasn't there. I watched it on telly in the comfort of my own home here in Perth, Western Australia. Anyway, you'll hear from us again soon. Cheers. <laughs>